Okay. We're in. Have you noticed? No, I haven't noticed. What colour's my backlight? Ah, beautifully It's the same as your t-shirt. That's nice. I've had lots of comments about the green t-shirt. The internet is this, Is it the same one you did the Wim Hof video in? It is, but I had a moustache. Dr. Ned Flanders. Hardly, <laughs> hardly. So I've got a life hack for you. This is a Rubush or Rubios tea, however you say it, mm. with self like DIY tea bags. So I got these from Amazon. You can get like 50 or a hundred for three quid unbleached tea bags that you just put loose leaf tea in avoids the hassle of a tea strainer. I just don't drink tea. Fair enough. Yeah. That's you've got meta, a lot of expired tea in your kitchen. The meta hack for you. Just don't bother <laughs> with tea. Whenever I go to Johnny's house, he's like, Oh, would you like some tea? This one's 2020. That's new enough. <laughs> Expired in 2020 as well. (laughs) (laughs) Someone I was talking to, I can't remember who it was. I said that to me, a cup of tea, to you, to me, to you. I was on a plane with them. I told you about this. I was on a plane with Chuckle Brother. Are you kidding? I was was sat next to Paul Chuckle. My goodness. I think, sadly, the other one's died, isn't he? Harry Chuckle's dead, yeah. R.I.P. Barry. R.I.P. Apparently. Someone um, at the door, because of course it's podcast time, which means delivery time. Who was it? Now it's DPD. Um. Not even for me. I'm just Mike's I can, parcel collector. I can see the sort of repressed resentment at that of like the. Well, yeah, because it's the regret. It's thinking, you know what? I should have just That's ignored right. it. And if the guy looked at me through the window, no English, like, no hablo English. Sorry, no English. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was I was in LA airport, and I was walking to a Pret a Manger in LA airport to get a chicken and bacon baguette, which is the best sandwich in existence. No question. And I walked past Paul Chuckle. I was like, holy shit, that's Paul Chuckle. Um, and I said to Becca, just see one of the Chuckle brothers. And she was like, oh, that's great. I bet I, I would like to have seen him, but I won't see him. And then he was sat in the seat next to her for an, a 10 hour flight, just hammering the double oh. whiskeys. But it prompted me to Google the Chuckle brothers. Cause I'm like, God, like, what do they do? Like one of them's dead. I didn't even realize that. But apparently there's this case where like he collapsed in the street, Paul Chuckle, and people came over to him and instead of helping him went like, to me, to you, to me, to you. Oh, I'm sure that savage. was on his Wikipedia page or something. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Savage. <laughs> My cousin sent what was I, why was I saying that? Oh yeah. Um a cup of tea. Wow, what a segue. <laughs> Just before we go back to that segue, because I feel like now we're going to have to segue back, is my cousin sent me a selfie Mm. of him on a plane with the guy from Scooter. German guy with white hair. Iconic. (laughs) 3 a.m. The painted cow. What I want to get you. (laughs) 
messing up the area. I feel like your my scooter reference and your scooter reference were two very different. Mine was like the the song that was on like now ninety five, and yours album. was the song like the EP that they that it the must be EP. Dave who's on the train. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Tea and coffee. Tea is like a bath. Coffee's like a hot shower. So tea's like the oh, I've got a couple of hours. I've got nothing to do. There's no rush. You know, just relax. Have some. Put some candles on. I'll have a cup of tea. Coffee's like right. Come on. I've got to be out by quarter past seven. Quick shower. Shower gel done. Out out the door. Productivity. That's what in my mind a cup of cup of tea equals mm. lazy Sunday afternoon coffee equals well that's, that's a good analogy morning. because there's no espresso equivalent for tea is there so in your shower analogy the espresso is the like the glasgow shower is that what they call it where you just do a quick like spray or wipe under the arms and out the door <laughs> rub a bit of toothpaste on your teeth so i think it's like it's a it's a cold shower it's like a five second cold shower just in haven't got time to wait for the water to warm up like in shower gel <laughs> <laughs> You're right though, because the, the espresso equivalent of tea is just having the tea out of the bag, isn't it? Well, just the the leaves. Just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I do if I'm in a rush. Do you ever see the Mr. Bean film, where he he boils the kettle and like scoops Nescafe into his mouth, pours hot water in? Yeah, pours it in. <laughs> I remember Gibbo doing that at uni. He had a like a protein shaker scoop of freeze dried Nescafe and ate it, and then I think we Googled it and transpires that's that's poisonous. I think eating coffee really. I mean, it's really horrible, mm. like highly unpleasant. <laughs> In fact, you know what? Let's we'll just put it to the floor. So I imagine this will one day this will be on Instagram or some other social media, and he'll see it and he'll swear at us. I imagine a lot of people who listen to this or who are watching this will consume creatine. Is it weird to just have in a cup of plain water a scoop of creatine powder and drink that as the drink you have with your lunch? So th there's a bit of nuance to this because I, I take exception to him just having a large glass of water with creatine because it, it just drags out the whole thing. It's like having... It, it's like... Like you, you know, old school fish oil that used mm, to be. You're gonna shut like, it. You'd spoon it, and it was. <laughs> sometimes they'd try and like sweeten it, and it just made, which is exactly the same as like someone's had a smelly poo, and then they spray Lynx Africa mm. in the toilet, and then all that happens is it smells of poo and Lynx Africa. So, rather than having it like that, just mix it with a little bit of hot water. Yeah, and get it down you don't well it's not it even that so it's, it's big, the fact that unpleasant experience so there's so many levels to it so it's it's having it in unflavored water step one it's having it in a big cup of unflavored water step two and then it's having that as like <laughs> your drink your not your drink that you have with you with your meal so like and i think those things in combination make it from everything i've heard the strangest way to consume creatine well, if it's cold, it doesn't dissolve either. So it's just gritty. But then imagine having like a lukewarm cup of water with you. With so like I, a sandwich I have a small amount of hot water mixed in aggressively so that it dissolves. Um, but you, 
remind me, do you have like tropical splash flavor creating like blue, blue blast tablets. or something? Tablets. Tablets. That's the life hack. Because for ages, because of this problem, I was really inconsistent with my creatine. So I was consistent with vitamin D, fish oil, multivitamin, all these things, because like if I'm having a glass of water or whatever in the morning, I'll just, it's just tablets you have with the water. It's easy. You don't forget. But creatine was always the thing that I would then, obviously I'm not a psychopath, so I would just add it to the normal water and drink that. Um, so I'd like try and have it like, <laughs> I'll try and have it like in my pre-workout shake or like my, my way that I have when I'm training and inevitably I'd forget. So I'm like, well, why don't I just get creatine tablets? Like then it's the same thing and they are chunky. Like it's a full handful mm -hmm. of creatine tablets, but it solves the problem. It, you just James cleared it, like dropped the the barrier to friction. For the resistance, it. yeah. So we've just got the two latest YouTube comments. First one is on video advert angle 46, hook one, from Alan Morton. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Alan. No comments, question mark, question mark, wonder why. Because it's an advert, Alan. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah that's like that's running into the like it's like running into a room to tell everyone to, that they're being an idiot and like you've forgotten your trousers and you're in your underpants it's like in <laughs> pointing this out alan trying to make us look bad you've made yourself look silly next comment is on my doctor reviews herbalife brackets is it a scam video jones has said doctor listen whatever you say it's complete wrong. I can prove before that. Let me ask you a question. There are 300 to 400 scientists working on this Herbalife community. It's WHO gave pattern rights. So calm your tiny mouth. Wow. It's put me in my place <laughs> there. <laughs> I mean, that makes that comment makes your video look, frankly, rushed and slapdash, doesn't it? <laughs> He's put... <laughs> so much thought into even just the basic grammar and wording of that comment the, I actually gave him the benefit of the doubt by placing pauses when I could tell. necessary for you know, for comprehension but it was just a run on sentence lowercase as you can tell or lowercase or is it sporadic capitals they're better <laughs> that's always <laughs> it's like some words are like listen doctor Calm your mouth. Um, let's start the podcast, shall we? I, so, Kino Body released a video recently where he's looking really quite lean in the video. I think it's about a 10 minute video. And what he's basically doing is calling out the rest of the industry. And he's like, look, I'm in this condition. And I'm natural. Where are the rest of the people who are natural, who are in this shape? Like, where are the rest of the people walking around with like 6% DEXA scans in this kind of shape with blood work to say they're natural? Like if everyone else is natural, all these other people that claim it, where are the, where's the evidence? So my question to you is, <laughs> <laughs> do you think Kino body's natural? I'll add one more thing. He recently did an interview with More Plates, More Dates, where they went over his blood work. Have you seen that? 
Probably not. I actually have. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't remember his numbers, but I don't, I, I don't, at the time, nothing flagged up mm. to me as abnormal. Um, I think one of his liver function tests was slightly higher than than normal, but I, I might be wrong here. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's perfectly feasible that he's natural. I think that, that would be my gut reaction. Right. Had it not been brought up, I would have thought, yeah, he looks like a natural person. Um, mm. But it, it is a problem with like who you listen to, isn't it? Because we've spoken about this with Matt Does Fitness before. Uh, and then yeah. there's Mike Thurston. And it's funny because each of these people, there's always someone who is adamant one way or another. Like they're absolutely, they're, they're so sure they would plant their flag and bet their life savings behind it. Whereas I think for us, we're we're both like, well, balance of probabilities could be, probably is, but mm. we might be wrong. And there's no way for us truly to know. But they've all got this huge, like, reason to not be natural, really, which is that they're selling their appearance. Like, they are the product of their of what they sell, ultimately. They're the advert. They're just bluffing a big poker hand, isn't it? Like, if if they're not. Yeah. And you get away with it for as long as you get away with it until you get rumbled. What about Matt Ogus? Matt Ogus definitely, definitely is. Definitely is natural. Well, no. I think so, uh, just circle back. So where did that immediate, the, where did the, that come from? So like, I, I mean, I, I was exaggerating there cause I, I don't know that he definitely is, but looking at the rate of his progress, the kind of lifts that he has and actually seeing him in person is what really clinched it for me. Right. Cause I saw him at the body power festival a few years ago and obviously on Instagram with the angles and stuff, he looks massive. Mm but he's quite a diddy man. <laughs> he's just got very, very good muscle bellies and a manlet. Um, I think as he calls it. Very lean. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause what you've done there is given like a framework for deciding like is someone, obviously we can't see these people in person all the time, but we've actually met Matt. We've met Mike Thurston. We've met Matt does fitness and you've met Matt Ogus. And Zach Ainsley. And Zach Ainsley, who I guess is like, Oh, we used to sponsor Zach Ainsley. We did. <laughs> I wonder how many people have heard of Zach Ainsley. 1.3 million. Well, no, that's people that have followed, followed him. him. But I wonder how many people Mostly are like Turkish listening men. to this. Because I assume people have heard of Kino Body, but maybe they haven't. He's not actually got that much of a following, has he? It's like half a million people on YouTube. Which compared to, is like half. Or is Matt, Matt Does Fitness has got like 2 million followers on YouTube. Oh yeah, he's big time smashing it. Isn't Mike he? Thurston's similar. So most people have heard of them. We've met both of them in person and I have my doubts about both of them. Yeah. So actually it's the, the reason for Matt does fitness that it, we have doubts, I suppose. Number one for you is that it's his powerlifting performance relative to how he looks and how he's such an outlier lined up in the one Oh five category of powerlifters. He's actually, he's actually quite um, strong to be fair. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, I yeah. He, he's right. Um, he's quite strong, but he looks like an outlier compared to the, yep. the other lifters. Yep. But also he, he's just a very big person mm. as well. So it's not just the, you know, the photos on a bodybuilding stage, but it's like physically the amount of mass that he's holding. You're like, oh, that's at that level of body fat. Cause keto body for me, the reason why I would never have even assuming there's that they posted nothing about it. And it's like, 
here's three people on the internet, which one of them is definitely natural. I'd point at Keena Body just because I feel like he, what he looks like is what a natural person who gets to 6% body fat looks like. Like in person, in a t-shirt, he probably wouldn't look that big. Topless, he looks really lean. So it creates this exaggerated appearance of size. Matt Morcia, even in a t-shirt, looks bloody massive while maintaining i'm sure he isn't six percent but he's very low body fat levels um we got some angry comments about the matt does fitness video did we from people on both sides of the the camp so it just shows you can't please everyone um but one of the things was that they were like oh well if you look at his brother who doesn't really take training very seriously you'll see that they're just a family of freaks but what if his brother's on drugs that's a ridiculous argument. well yeah like they might have, what, what if the genetic potential is the responsiveness to anabolic steroids? <laughs> then where are we? I think I'd be more suspect. I remember seeing a video years ago with Alberto Nunez, which speaking of which, have you seen Alberto Nunez recently? Yeah. <laughs> He's like at the final weeks of his prep. It was, so I remember finishing my diet and then seeing his prep video and he was like 16 weeks out or something leaner than i was mm. just he's just a think, really like, lean man isn't he well just like makes you realize how doing a bodybuilding prep is so it, it really is digging deep isn't it grueling what's his instagram handle just for for, for people listening who want to like see what we're talking about i think if you just search nunez 3dmj if you search yeah if you search n-u-n-e-z nunez 3dmj and have a look at, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and that is, I think like, it doesn't say how far he is, but he's pretty lean. But anyway, um, he was training with like a lot of the other sort of really advanced natural bodybuilders in the, in the U S was quite a while ago. And they were all like doing like sumo deadlift and front squat and stuff like that. And pretty much all of them had like a 600 pound sumo deadlift. It's like a 270 kilo sumo deadlift and like front squatting nearly 180 kilos, 400 pounds. And you're like, oh, thank God. Like that, at least that makes sense. <laughs> like if he looked like that and was saying I'm fully natural and was doing like really lightweight hamstring curls, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why do I, you know, I, I, doing us spending all this time squatting benching deadlifting and i don't look anything like that well it's the convenient thing that everyone loves to do when they're throwing rocks at bodybuilders being like oh it's not functional muscle it's all just that puffy muscle that's not actually but but really like you can't grow muscle without it being contractile and like okay maybe <laughs> there's like you can be more efficient strength wise if you train a certain way and whatever but you're never going to be at the point certainly mm. naturally where you're massive look and at, weak look at kai green squatting it's mesmerizing it's i think he's i just remember seeing a video of him squatting like 220 kilos slowly you're like okay fair enough kai and he he deliberately lifts light doesn't he and mm. he's talking about how he's trying to like use the lightest weight that Bonk he can ass. get away with so for... kina body's definitely natural and that's what the, that's the conclusion of this video isn't it high chance natural um but as you say, has a lot to gain from being being seen as natural. So one, one more <laughs> just final point on this. Obviously, Kina body 
basically sells lean gains in a fancy wrapper. That's not to diminish what Greg's done. I think he's got a great brand and great product, but it's very, very similar to lean gains. Do you think Martin Burkan's natural? Yes, I do. Again, just because he's very transparent about everything else. Yeah. And, you know, his his progress, again, it's very like that. I think it helps when you've seen someone over a 10 or 15 year period and, you, you know, th- there was a period yeah. where he gained some muscle, but it wasn't super quick and it was in in line you know his body fat moved up in line with it and we saw his lifts at the time and it so he even posted an article years ago about the like max genetic muscle muscle potential and the formula which is just like height in centimeters minus 100 that would be your body weight in kilos for like stage lean condition so that would be 85 kilos for me which is a fair <laughs> i can't imagine being that light and I think it, it should have to be that. Like, I think, you know, if I was like, I'll, I'm going to step on a bodybuilding stage, what what body weight is that? If that's like 94 kilos, I think I'd be asking questions. Check to use as well. Yeah, because if you were 94 kilos stage lean, you would be beach ready at like 105. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what body weight did you get down to at the end of your diet? 73.5. Okay. Right, so hundred and seventy-five. Well, no, so like, so then, do you do you feel like you were bodybuilding stage ready, or do you feel like you could have lost some weight? No, no, I still had more more to go. I think so. That suggests per that formula that you've still got like kilos of muscle potential to gain. Yeah, I think so. Is that is that nice to hear or annoying? I think it's nice to hear because so actually, I posted a video this morning about the joy of making progress in areas of life that you're crap at Mm. because you choose to play the games that you, that you play in life. And there's always a trade-off that the better you get at something, the the thinner and thinner, the the new gains come. So at a certain point, you've got to be like, okay, am I happy with the fact that if I'm doing powerlifting training and I continue training my absolute ass off for the next two years, I'll maybe add 2.5 kilos to my squat Mm. or Am I happy with like trying my hand at badminton and making loads of progress? Cause I'm so bad at it now that like, <laughs> yeah, that's so, what I told you. I got a safety bar in iMessage. Did you? Yeah. This would be a couple of weeks oh. ago. I told you pretty sure. Cause I remember thinking I, re- I, I told you I'm doing like safety bar and climb bench and Romanian deadlift as my three main lifts that the program's built around. And I remember right, he didn't okay. like really reply. And I'm like, mm, that's interesting. But we well, didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't register the safety bar. Maybe it was Ben. But anyway, I've sw- so I've swapped that out. Have you ever used a safety bar before? Yeah, really hard. Brutally difficult. doesn't feel yeah. very safe. <laughs> oh, so I think it's because it's you're like hugged by it. So it like comes over here and you grab the handles. I remember being like that. You'll have to try it. But I, I'm stuck on like, I've looked like there's like, so I think it's slightly more than 20 kilos, but I'm stuck on like two plates a side for sets of six. Like that's that's kind of a relief to hear because I I remember putting like small weights on and thinking God this is hard like so what it, am I it doing feels wrong? like a it feels closer to like a leg press at the bottom very quaddy but the point of it is 
I feel like I'm right back to rank beginner with an exercise again. So like I get a training effect from effectively hundred kilos, um, to get that from back squatting. It's yeah. So we, I think we've both taken this move in training recently where we, we pick like really minging exercises that are, <laughs> that like are not very sexy and you can't load very heavy, but we're really bad at and give you a lot of mechanical disadvantage so that you can get some good stimulus from it. So for me, that is safety bar squat, split squat that I've been doing with a safety bar, which is mint. You would <laughs> love it. Um, and step, but I'm terrible at every single one. Oh. So it's interesting because the, the gym I'm training at is like, there's a distinct difference in the physiques and the style of training that the men and the women do. The women are categorically all in better shape than the men there. Mm. And I think it's because for women, like, because like for a lot of women, they, they, you know, really bias their training split towards glute day and hamstring day and that kind of stuff. And because that stuff's so unpleasant, I think they've just got over the discomfort of doing that stuff. Whereas a lot of the men will come in and they'll just do dumbbell incline bench all day. And so they, they learn to not do the hard stuff. And as a result, their physique reflects that. I guess as well, like it's that thing, isn't it? That we talk about where you, you can tell a lot by a person, by their barbell row, <laughs> by like how much weight they use on a barbell row. Cause Very true. there's not really anything to gain from training your back personally. Like unless the, the, you're in lots of photos where you see yourself from behind, but you'll see a change in your chest, your shoulders, your triceps, your biceps. Um, your abs, your quads, but you rarely, you wouldn't really see a change in your hamstrings. You wouldn't really see a change in your back. So if you're training those things regular the sort of person I like to be friends with. It's a real personality test. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good heuristic. Speaking of which. Speaking of which. Is it too late to start online coaching? No. See you next week. There we go. See you next week. So where, where did this come from? I suppose we've been asked variations of similar questions recently, haven't we? That either from clients or inquiries about like picking a niche or, you know, I want to do a, so someone will have like seen our webinar and they're like, I want to do a muscle gain challenge. What should I do? And I think your advice to someone on a coaching call the other day, it was like, I want to do a fat loss challenge or a muscle gain challenge. What should I do? And your advice was do neither of them basically you're just making it mm. so hard for yourself from day one like the someone reminded me of the story today of uh the three businessmen who were looking to set up a burger stand and they were like okay what are you going to do and he's like oh i'm going to use the finest angus grass-fed beef and it's going to be hand ground by a monk and then and then the other guy's like oh i'm going to use like the special fried onion mix that my grandma taught me and it's like really, it's got loads of fragrant spices. And the third guy was like, oh, I just put my stand outside a, um, a stadium at the end of the football game and yep. I've got a hungry crowd. And then it doesn't matter what the burger is. Like it, I'm not saying that the product needs to be bad, but it's, it's that you, you just make, make it easy for yourself by putting it in front of people that are going to see the mm. offer and are going to want what you're selling. So that I think the challenge with that is 
you, you sort of hear that analogy and it makes sense. And you're like, right, well, where are the, I need to find these people who are like desperate for something like desperate for losing weight or building muscle. So I'll do a fat loss challenge. The difficulty with that is you're going up against slimming world and like V shred or maybe not for muscle gain, but you see my point Like you're going up against huge businesses who can acquire all these customers at a loss with millions of pounds in the bank. And you try and launch something and grab the, the interest of the same people and it ends up just fading into the background. And then you assume, oh, well, online coaching is too crowded. It was too late to start. I've missed the trend. I've missed the boat. I'll go back to in-person PT and blame online rather than the attack, like the strategy you took, essentially. This often comes from a fear that you're running a an in-person boutique studio in a town or a, a city that's not massively populated and you think god if i was to niche down super hard i'd barely get any clients i'd maybe find like two people in the within a yep. 20 mile radius that might fit the bill and so you think well from that sense of scarcity like if i'm running online i need to just kind of capture as many people as possible mm. but we forget how big the internet is how mm -hmm. large the market of potential buyers are and how well you can target them with keyword focused ads. Yeah. So the, and it doesn't even need to be, so like, let's say you want to do fat loss on the internet, which is like, you're going to do a fat loss challenge for like guys wanting to lose weight. You know, like there's a lot of people in that category, like millions and millions and hundreds of millions of people in that category. But let's say you, you put like one layer over the top of it and you say it's guys who are teachers and they want to lose weight, for example. And you pick that because maybe you used to be a teacher and you know, some of the frustrations that come with like having to fit your training around, like marking books at night or the fact that you have to start work at like whatever it might be. Right. You have to train so in the school gym and the year nines are like laughing at you. And yeah, 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 exactly. So like, so let's say that teacher is scrolling through Instagram and they see a V shred ad and then they see your ad and your ads talking about what it was like when you used to work in a school and you got made fun of in the school gym and, and then straight away it's like, okay, I have a pretty high chance versus V shred of like winning that person's click and attention just because I'm a little bit more relatable than the super broad mass market. Anyone who wants to lose weight offer. And so how many people do you know who are the go-to guy or the go-to person for teachers wanting to lose weight? Not many people can think of like a category expert in that. So there's some space in the market, right? So that's just a simple example of like, people assume um, it's all about the app I use. It's all about the the specifics of the product and the program. It's all about how I design it. But in this instance, the, the crowd coming out of the football ground is just like all the teachers who are like there trying to do this, buying the gen generic mass market stuff. And if you just communicate with them in a way that makes sense to them, they'll work with you instead of the, because it, it feels more relatable. It feels more relevant to them. We probably sound like we're being really repetitious with this stuff, but just solve a problem. And mm. so often, like every day we speak to people that are trying and failing to run a generic fat loss offer or a generic muscle gain offer. And there's no wonder, like the, I don't think there's anyone I know, no matter how much of a masterful salesman or businessman they are, that I would back to just run a generic fat loss offer online. It's, yeah. it's all, it's a losing game from day one. Well, again, to use the teacher example, so let's say you try to, 
let's say you, you think that, let's say you sign up to work with us and we're like, let's do a teacher's offer and let's do guys in their thirties who are teachers specifically, let's aim at them. And you think, well, yeah, but I should do, I should really do like maybe guys who work in, I don't know, another industry as well. Because I used to also do shift work. I used to work in an oil rig before I was a teacher, right? I'm using ridiculous examples. I used to work in an oil rig before I was a teacher. So I know what that's like as well. So I'll double the size of my market. I'll work with guys who work on oil rigs and I work with guys who, who are teachers and I'll make the best program for, for both of them. Straight away, that's not as, that's not a great program for teachers because you've got to factor in shift patterns, working offshore, access to a gym on an oil rig. I remember we had a client on, on a, who <laughs> was on a boat. And she used to weigh herself every morning, but the swaying oh, yeah. of the boat meant that she couldn't get away in. Do you remember? Yeah, so she had to go and like find somewhere on, on land to stand on the scales. So there you go. Yeah. That's a, such a niche problem that if you, but anyway, so the point is you try to make it the best possible program and the best possible marketing for two people, it waters it down immediately and it's less effective and it's, there's less resonance. So we are repeating ourselves, but the reason we repeat ourselves on it is I think it's something that no people one does like, it. <laughs> yeah. You kind of hear that advice and you go, ah, oh, 30 year old men who want to build muscle done. Like, well, what's the problem? Like, okay, you're going, you're still going against all the big brands, like go a level deeper who like specifically the guys in the thirties, like they've all got different problems in trying to achieve that goal. Which one can you solve best? Pick that one and optimize for that. hundred percent. And you know, it's fine that the, the, principles of fitness that you teach are pretty broad you know they're pretty mm. um they're, they're pretty shared across humans like we all respond to progressive overload and to um satiety cues and to eating eating calories relevant to our goal and goal setting and we all fall folly to falling off the wagon with habits and all that stuff that's fine that's shared human stuff and it's okay to teach that stuff in your program and even if it's generic because once they're in the program, they've bought into you and that's fine. Like they, they, they need to solve those problems too. But what we're talking about is the angle and the way that you wrap up that message in your front end content is to get people in the door. Once they're in, yeah, of course they need progressive overload and whatever. It's not like someone on an oil rig needs a, needs a special, like different set of exercises to do in the gym, but it's how do you demonstrate that you can solve their problem and that you get where they're coming from. So I think the way that I would like sell a program to Yusuf, let's hopefully this works. I think imagine like a bit of ad copy or an ad where it's this, I think for you, it has to be this sort of focus on a hybrid blend of gymnastics and training. Ooh, so someone who had like built, <laughs> built a program or built a way of training where you like blending, maybe even you pick, cause I like, I know you like it when you periodize things. So let's mm -hmm. say it's a year of programming. And someone's built the year of programming so that you go through phases where the volume and the intensity and all those things in the gym are fluctuating at the same time as the skill-based work in, in gymnastics and all sorts of stuff. And you can, you work with me and I'm an expert in it and we'll work together for a year and it, but it's recurring and I'll, I'll make sure you send me video reviews each week and we'll adjust them. I think you would buy that or something that similar to that. sounds right up my street. Hang on. I've, I've just got the tab open for the checkout page for Vshred. I'm just going to close that <laughs> and sign up with your program instead because... That speaks to me. There you go. So we were going to talk about, and it's probably too late in the podcast now, we were going to talk about golf-related fitness, weren't we? Oh, yeah. Well, we could save that for next week. We'll talk um, about it next time, but that would be the thing. So I've been looking for something like that. 
so there you go like i'm someone who like former powerlifter got into golf and i'm looking for like what's the way i can train to help my golf and i've been looking around and i've been seeing loads of like niche pts working in the golf specific niche trying to solve this problem so like people who lack basic mobility basic speed basic strength we'll talk about that as another example in the next episode but um well there's a there's an episode way back from season one where i dropped 350 euros as fast as i've ever done mm. <laughs> because i saw a product that solved my problem exactly like i was working on you know if you follow us on instagram you'll occasionally see me sliding around on the floor trying to learn flares which are the kind of the move that you see on the gymnasts do on the pommel horse legs in a v-shape moving around the body and some guys in italy had made this particular harness that looks like a sex swing designed to train the specific muscles for learning flares and as soon as i saw it like it it was just like right i don't care how much it is i need that now like shut up and take my money and it just like there's no way that a generic trx or something like that would have caught my attention like that and yes yeah. it's highly specialized i can't imagine johnny would have been up at 1am buying one of them but i don't even know what one is but i think that's the point though isn't it yeah i would it's... have seen it be like why is that helpful surely that's cheating Whereas I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. So, but it, I guess what we're saying is like this stuff comes from your like interests, right? Like the things that excite you, the thing that you would buy, like look at that. Like, why are you so interested in that? Why, why would you get really excited about someone who'd built that program or had that coaching service that solved those things? And suddenly you start seeing it's like, oh, right. Actually, that's the problem. So like my problem is I'm trying to integrate getting better at golf, not losing my strength and muscle, fitting it around, like running a business and time constraints. If someone, if I saw an ad that had that thing in it, had that solution in it, I would just, I don't even need to go through the 14 days. I would buy on day one. Yeah. Right. Or I'd probably go through a couple of days and make sure they're legit. But, you know, so, but that, that's it. Like it's still progressive overload and basic training. And it's not going to be a new way of building muscle or strength. The, but it's the just... better that you can solve that problem, the the more it gets rid of any kind of like price objection or time objection or anything. You don't have to, then when you're trying to sell people onto your program, you're not having to deal with all the bullshit, of like mm. trying to get around someone's objections because they know that it solves their problem and they will do what they need to, to make it work. I guess to wrap up, it's like having a mini business idea in the fitness space, isn't it? It's like, I think with my experience, my skills, my expertise, the people I've worked with, I think I can help these sorts of people get to this quicker, faster, without the frustration. Cause I've got this solution that like, that's how I train or that's how I used to train, or these are the things that I do combined. And this is the best solution for it. And I think there'll be a lot of people who are struggling with that, who want to copy that, who find it just as interesting as me. And you get to work with those people like you for a fee. Phenomenal. What a treat. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to do that? Talk about golf fitness next time. Bye. Speak soon.